Hello, everyone, and welcome to another show of Film Festival Reviews. And this is Christina Kotlar. Hello, and I am Yuri Kirchen. And we're doing an end-of-the-year show. It is cold, very cold here. East is in a frigid blanket. Last year around this time, it was about 60 degrees, and we were practically sunning ourselves. But we were preparing last year to go to Sundance Film Festival and slam dance at the same time, Park City, Utah. And that was January 2017. And what I really wanted to happen while we were there was have a great festival experience for you, Yuri, because this was your first Sundance. Synopsis quickly, beautiful Park City. Uh, <laughs> it snowed it's every, snowed day, every day. Every day. The, the Women's March what was happening there, the reason why I try to focus or prepare for Sundance as much as we can with the types of movies that are going to be out there. And because we knew that the Women's March was going to be happening while we were there, it was a protest for the inauguration of number 45. And especially because he was outed on national television on Entertainment Tonight and how he grabbed women by their and we've seen the pussycat hats. In any case, we were there, we were supporting, and we were looking for films, strong women films for this entire year. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. We got to a Park City by Wednesday evening. So we had an opportunity to really kind of set ourselves up and give us the uh, the plan of action because again you had no idea what to do where to go and, and what what to do next but i well, knew you were a great guide you structured our time there we had no downtimes or watching a movie or going to some kind of film commission there were panel discussions, panel discussions receptions, networking correct. parties, a lot of things that... There was no downtime. We were there for how many days? For a week. Right. Seven full days? We got there Wednesday evening and returned Thursday morning. And it was wonderful. And of course, you know, you gave me the choice, too, whether to attend certain functions or not to attend, or are, am I worn out by this by now? Beautiful setting. It was just beautiful. I loved every second of it. My memories from that time, it's 12 months later, and we're picking up our vibes from that time and sort of recapitulating everything that happened in between what we saw the year. We're encapsulating the year with the theme that we are, we have chosen for this podcast. So the first one that we did go to see, and again, it was a world premiere, and that was The Novitiate, starring Melissa Leo. And that was The Novitiate for me. Right. So that, was you know? my, that was my break-in movie for Sundance. I really wanted to see The Novitiate because... I had the opportunity to have a, a podcast with Melissa Leo a few years back when she did Frozen River. And one of the things that I really was so impressed with her was the way she was able to just 
grab you by that first moment that you saw her, whatever it was, she has a way of, of bringing out that, that strength, that power, whatever character it is. And this was, she was Mother Superior in this setting, and it was in the 1960s. And that was a time where there were a lot of Catholic schools and a lot of the nuns would kind of choose one of the the young girls that maybe was not really a popular girl, was kind of quiet, and bring it to unto their fold. And that's how this movie started, with this one girl who was not brought up religiously, but she was a little lonely, and she kind of fell into this romanticism and the mystery of being a nun, because that's how it's all projected. You know, you have the silence time, you have this spiritualism, you have these candles. You didn't have a lot of stuff going on. You know, it was very simplified, but rigid schedules. How did you see that film when you were watching it, or do you... Drop memories. First of all, I, my first impression of nuns was as a four-year-old. Oh, that's right. Going into yeah, schools. It was the dark moment of these dark people. Of course, I went through Catholic school to a certain point, up to fourth grade from kindergarten. All right. Well, on the other hand, there were a lot of girls, young girls, who felt, well, maybe this is a way to go. And here they're giving you direction and structure. When you're in grade school going into junior high or whatever, sometimes you know a little structure and regimen is, is good. Uh, you can get all that discipline in different mediums, but religion works in a different way. God, and how do you perceive God? And you're marrying God. That decision, and it's really convent, though you can leave, but following all the rules and regulations. In this. I was wondering how... Melissa Leo prepared for this role of Mother Superior and then questioning her own decision to be the Mother Superior and to abide by the rules when then the rules were changed because Vatican II came out Correct. and all the rules were changed. And that's what so the story... a liberal approach to religion which upended Melissa Leo's character, the Mother Superior, who's been in a nun for 40 years and everything about the Vatican II was upending her beliefs in that stricture and structure. Liberalizing the church to her was the biggest anathema that she had to deal with and it was very difficult for her. Well, we enjoyed the film tremendously. It was written and directed by Margaret Betts who was there at Sundance. It was bought by Sony Pictures, and then it opened in the box office in October of 2017. Mm -hmm. And it got an R rating from the Motion Picture Association of America, but from the Catholic News Service gave it a rating of O for morally offensive. Offensive, okay. <laughs> morally right. offensive. Well, you know what? The, I think they should just watch it again and review it and re-evaluate re, re its, its um, rating. Now, back in the days, in the old and like medieval time, now we saw Lion in Winter recently. That was a Christmas movie. But we saw what happens to women who are controlled because they were property. 
you know, of their husbands. So either they were imprisoned in a castle. A lot of women who were independent in families and had money became nuns so that they would retain their independence and so that they wouldn't be held wow. hostage as uh, some you know, one of the, person's the, property. One so of greatest, one of the greatest composers of choir music, choral music, was a nun who wanted to be a composer, but in on the outside world, she wouldn't have had the opportunity. So she became a nun and allowed herself that freedom of creativity. Some of the most sonorous, beautiful music dedicated to, to God and the church. So the, the realities were often harsh. And then all of a sudden, you have this new reality of opening the windows and really changing the rules. Mm. So in any case, that had not only a profound effect on us during Sundance and Slamdance, we saw some wonderful movies there too. But during the year, we were just kind of going towards the strong woman films. Mm -hmm. And the, the next uh, film I think festival. I was just following your lead. <laughs> <laughs> but you liked you know, it. You're the woman, okay? Well, as, as we're going to another film talking about. Ice Mother, which we saw at the Tribeca Film Festival, it does have a religious signifying element to it. Being immersed in water, in cold water, is a rite that we know is, comes from baptism, and it's a very cleansing rite for all cultures. This particular movie, Ice Mother, is by Bohdan Slama from uh, the Czech Republic. It's called Baba's Ledu. And it's a little different connotation when you translate it into English, ice mother. I don't see it that way. I see women coming from ice and coming from a rebirth because she is a woman, 67 years old, in a family situation that's very regimented. Same thing. She had the children and then was taking care of the grandchildren. She was cooking for them. She was taking care of them. She was a very regimented life situation. She lost her husband, so now she's living with, with one of her sons, and then the other, and she has an, a dinner, a Sunday dinner, and she cooks that Sunday dinner. Well, then that time that one of her, her grandchildren was playing soccer and kicked the ball in the water. And then she met this community of ice water swimmers. It was freezing cold. I felt the cold in swimming the winter, yes. in the winter yeah. there. And she joined the community. Well, I don't know if I could ever do something like no. that. But so what did you think of the movie? I thought it was an incredibly wonderful depiction of older people who have lost love and regain love for different things, for different reasons. Baba's Ladu, or the Ice Mother, met a polar bearer that was swimming there, and he introduced her to that life. He lived in a squalor-type situation, but he wanted it that way. Well, it becomes a, a community of people that are very supportive of one another, and I don't think she was getting that support. She was kind of trying to break out of that family unit. And that's always hard when you have it a was, family situation going on year after year and you are set in this family as a supporting role or a lead character. We see that at 
family reunions and, and family Christmases and holidays, situations, gatherings. People are in their slot, feels that that's where they should be. And there are certain people that want to break out of that. I'm one of them. So I broke out of my supporting role and have become an independent person. I have a different way of celebrating holidays, which I enjoy. And I enjoy with you and with our friends. And this is one person who she kind of broke out of her mold as well, this ice given- mold. The spouse would have influence over the child of the mother who is in this role to be almost like a servant for them. She was helping them. All right. So in any case, I thought it was a great film. I don't know about the music. I don't remember remember. all of the music on it. So I think uh, some of the music would really be uh, supporting of it. So then as we were going on over the summer, we saw Wonder Woman, which that just, totally blew out the box office. And I don't think anyone really thought that it was going to do as well as it has. And I thought it was wonderful. I really enjoyed it. And we saw it in a movie theater that was that caters to tentpole movies. It's one of those big cinemas. It has how many seats? 500 or whatever with the seats that kind of move back. And the screen was just huge and the sound system, everything. And so the actress, she did not get a lot of money for this movie. However, because it was so critically acclaimed and everything, I hope she does better for the sequel. I really, that reminded me of Queen Boudicca. The stories there that we had, uh, that's based on a real person, a real historical queen, but that was way back when. And Amazon's is legendary. They say they know exactly who they were. I don't know. It was Herodotus who was talking about the Amazons. But I really enjoyed them creating that situation where we're watching this legend come to life. So that was fun. And then it goes into World War. And she went forward and just kind of brought it out. The other thing that kind of goes along with the novitiate that we saw was a docu-series on Netflix. It was called The Keepers. Right. You found that one and that gripped us it was a seven-part series mm-hmm. i couldn't stop watching it right. we, it's binged. A, we binged on that one so yeah that was a good binge year we had no idea what to expect it's a murder mystery a 50 year old murder mystery of a young nun sister kathy chesnick unfolding mm-hmm. more people were coming forward and that's what the director ryan white was saying you couldn't believe how hashtag me too really became evident here where people were coming forward when the series came out and more people were talking about it to the point where now that the baltimore archdiocese is really being pressured to release some of the documents that they still have about that because it was a, a just unbelievable story of things that were going on and they still have not found the murderer so in any case it was just a well structured written, gripping, 
series that was going on. I would like to see it again because as you're watching, sometimes you you, you want to see it so much, you anticipate so much that you forget what you just saw and you're going, oh my God, I can't believe I heard that and went on. So we like to do that. Well, the director's mother actually initiated his interest in this story. She influenced him into making this story. Was she involved or she remembered the story or something something uh, of that we have to research that a little bit there that was quite the show we highly recommend that one the keepers now one last movie about nuns because of course this is christmas time you hear the bells of saint mary's you have bing crosby being father o'malley and Mm. singing on all that and we saw white christmas and so we have our traditional music uh, musicals and and shows that we like to watch around this time but the trouble with angels was right because it's a comedy and it has Haley mills who had starred in this film with rosalind russell who was a devout Catholic, to be Mother Superior. It was kind of frivolous. He said it was formula and this and that. But I think very differently about it. I, I thought Ida Lupino, who directed, this This was her last film that she directed. She started directing in the 1950s, and then she directed television. So she directed a series of The Fugitive. She did Bewitched. She was the only woman that directed a Twilight Zone episode. So she took this on and worked really well with Rosalind Russell. And I really feel that she took every key scene and really made it important, really had something to say about it, that it wasn't just a prank that these girls made. It was something that changed them. And of course, you know, that's what happens in the end. But that was a movie that the nuns in ours, in our Catholic school, liked for us to go see and recommended that. There were some other ones that were on the list that you weren't allowed to to watch. But I really enjoyed that film. And then when I found that Ida Lupino directed it, I thought, wow, that was a a great way to kind of end the year with women who were very strong in film in the 1940s. And 1930s, 1940s, which we were doing just this past month, a lot of Betty Davis movies. We did Joan Crawford movies. We were watching everyone during that period of time, and I loved it. Some of these movies that we just talked about or the shows that we're just talking about now does influence, may trigger someone to come forward or to uh, open up some of those memories because a lot of them are put away. They're boxed up and put away. And as we opened up some of the gifts that have been coming around now at this time of year, we're opening up a lot of situations that will perhaps help somebody and uh, make their life more enjoyable seeing some of these films and go on to these film festivals because you're going to see films that you may not get to see anywhere else ever. And we have a whole list of those. And so until next time, Happy New Year. We're going to do a lot more of these because uh, we enjoy just going out and and seeing these movies and going to film festivals, retrospectives, other things that go on. Absolutely, become a subscriber. Go to filmfestivalreviews.com. 
subscribe to this podcast. It will just show up in your mailbox and you could hear our next one as we come up. And filmfestivalreviews.com. Right. And this show was recorded at Wheat Sheaf Studio Productions, audio engineer Yuri Turchin, and produced by March Hair Media. Until next time. <laughs>